Hey, yo, wait. Dude, I'm gonna check out the stars later. It's really trippy. Especially on weed, man. Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Roll another blunt. Yeah. Oh, and what would a 420 weekend be without Afro Man? Sorry. Welcome into the Stone on Air podcast. Recorded live to tape. Centennial Olympic Park in downtown Atlanta, steps away from the second stage at the 420 Fest, Sweetwater 420 Fest to be exact. Why, man? I appreciate you finding the show, however it is you do so, at Stone On Air on all social media. Depending on when you're listening to this, it will be available on the 22nd of April, which is Earth Day, Record Store Day, and 420 Weekend. And so I thought, cool, all right, well, what we'll do is I'll come down here and uh, I'll get I'll try to get a band on or try to get a festival organizer on or something along those lines, but that completely fell through. It was a miracle I got a media credential alone, let alone try to hook me up with some uh, scheduling or anything. So I said, okay, fine, let's go to plan B. Since today is, again, I mentioned Record Store Day, Earth Day, and 420 Weekend, plenty of stuff that, that I could talk about. And so I reached out on Facebook and got a hold of, let me make sure I got this, I'm kind of making it up as I go here as far as the uh, functionality of the show. Cicely Shamim, I think is how you say that. Uh, she is the executive director and founder of the Tennessee Cannabis Coalition based out of Nashville. I'm going to talk to her on the phone here in just a couple of minutes. I figured this would be a, as good a time as any to discuss uh, decriminalization, legalization, recreational, uh, medical marijuana use as uh, I sit here live at the 420 Fest. Now, I understand to anybody who's saying, well, that's it's Sweetwater 420. Well, yeah, I'm, it's, it's a beer. It's a brand of beer. It's a very good brand of beer, as a matter of fact. But... Let's get real. I mean, widespread panic, two nights. Uh, Trey Anastasia was last night. Um, Ween, Moe, uh, Slightly Stupid, several other bands. And the fan bases for these bands primarily, now this is a generalization to be sure, are pot-smoking people. <laughs> whether they're hippies or not, whether they're hipsters, whether they're uh, frat boys, whatever they are or are not, generally speaking, if they don't smoke weed now, they have it sometime in their past. That is pretty much a given at a, at a, at a, at a music festival lineup like this. So, so here in just a minute, I'm going to get to a couple of articles that caught my eye on marijuana culture all the way around. So I'm also going to tell you why Record Store Day might actually not be a good thing from an article I found uh, out of the UK, uh, believe it or not. 
and it's Earth Day. So I have some facts on Earth Day and some facts on the origins of the number 420 and why it means what it does. Now, you probably already have a good idea of that, but there's a few things that even caught me by surprise. So I'll get to that here in just a minute. Do want to mention that if you are catching this podcast before the weekend of 420 Festival is over, you can watch the headliner sets on Euphoric TV. It's basically through their YouTube channel. I think that's how you say it. It's, it's U, the letter U, Euphoric, P-H-O-R-I-C, TV, Euphoric TV. Google it out, Sweetwater 420, you'll find it. So tonight, if you're listening on the 22nd, you'll have Slightly Stupid at 515 and Panic at 730. And then on the Sunday webcast, it'll be Ween at 4 o'clock and Widespread Panic at 630. If you want to see what this festival looks like, that is a growing trend to webcast festivals. And once upon a time, you would think there's no way anybody would do something like that because it's going to kill ticket sales. Well, not really. Watching it on a computer screen is one thing. Being here is another. And they both serve very good purposes. So if you want to check that out, you can do so. Uh, a couple things from last uh, to a couple nights ago. went to the Jason Isabel show. And it was fun. It was nice. It was cool. It was all good. But I saw glowing reviews, man. Like, so this was just it, not quite best show ever crowd, but pretty darn close. And that was the at least second, but maybe third show in a row where the set barely changed. And yeah, there's a few songs different. There was one one or two new ones in there, but the structure, the flow, the uh, the ups and downs, the, the heavier to lighter into the encore, all of that was the exact same roadmap that Jason Isbell's been using for the last few years. And I talked about it on social media. People didn't argue. I'm a huge fan, massive fan, stupid fan. But it was a little boring for my taste. And he's Unfortunately for people like me, he's gotten famous now because of about a dozen songs. And so I believe it, it, it appears that he feels like he owes it to his mainstream uh, fan base, which is a very devout fan base. But the mainstream, I believe he feels like he needs to cater to them right now. And that's fine. So I just I might take a few shows off. So talking about some marijuana here for a minute. Growing up, I was scared to discuss this topic I mean, growing up, I mean, like late teens, early 20s, even like with my parents or with other people's parents around. It was almost it was like taboo to even mention it because we were all taught, you know, the Nancy Reagan say no to drugs thing. So really, with all the uh, war on drug stuff that started in the 1980s, it just the whole way that we were parented was just scare the hell out of you that, you know, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, the cracked egg thing, the frying pan deal. But then after a while, you start to realize and most people are finally coming around to this. There is nothing wrong with smoking dope, period. It's, it's, not, it's not that bad for you. Based on the things that we allow our society and culture to ingest freely, this is not nearly on a level of danger of so many other substances. And it's, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about drugs necessarily. The FDA needs to get have themselves checked. So it, we're finally to that point. We're finally understanding. And in an article I found in the USA Today, uh, the headline grabbed me. What happens if you smoke marijuana every day? Okay. The main thing I'd say in life, kind of a guideline, life guideline is whatever it is that you enjoy, you probably shouldn't do it every single day outside of the things that are the necessities in your life. But so a doctor from the University of Florida, uh, also was the president of American Society of Addiction Medicine, said marijuana is much stronger than it was years ago. That is very true. Given a more psychedelic feel rather than a mild sense of intoxication. And it's probably also is now true. There's no such thing as ragweed out in Denver anymore. Daily use, he said, promotes a chronic loss of attention, focus, and concentration. Daily users perform at a lower level at jobs and at school. 
focus and motivation also decrease, he said. I don't disagree with any of that. Most advocates for the legalization of marijuana are not trying to say, and with the hopes that everybody starts smoking this stuff every single day. When you advertise or were advocates for prohibition repeal, it wasn't so we could all get drunk every single day of our lives. Now, if you do, that's what you do, but that's not the reason for advocating legalization. So it goes on and on, talks about some numbers. Daily users said suffer from memory, coordination, and problem-solving issues. For some, it could change the way a brain matures. Smokers who start young, he said, are more susceptible to being a daily user or becoming addicted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is Starbucks coffee. So is caffeine. So is sugar. So is chocolate. So is certainly alcohol, cigarettes, all that. A couple of different doctors from the piece that were being quoted here can see that we don't know all we need to know about marijuana. It took decades for researchers to determine the effects of smoking cigarettes. It absolutely baffles me, just as bewildering as it could be, that there was a time in the not-so-distant past where it wasn't widely understood that smoking cigarettes will kill your ass. It wasn't that long ago that for some reason we couldn't understand that. I don't know. We didn't need doctor research to figure this out. Now, once we got the research, it certainly shed a big, bigger light on it. But yes, cigarettes are killing people left and right. Don't smoke weed, but you can smoke all the cigarettes you want. See what I mean? It's ridiculous. And everybody's beginning to understand this. From CBSNews.com, a marijuana legalization support at an all-time high. 61% of Americans think marijuana should be legal, a five-point increase from last year and the highest percentage since these polls were being conducted. 88% favor medical marijuana use. And that's a whole nother conversation. I, I Sometimes I concede and I say, fine, hands up in the air. I can't smoke pot? Fine. At least legalize it medically. There are people suffering and you're giving them narcotics and drugs that are killing people, this drug can, can ease the conditions that people are in from, I'm not a doctor, but it's true, I believe it, it's not, it's not fake, it's not made up, it's not just so we can inch closer to legalization all the way around. People are suffering and we're not allowing them to be effectively treated. Generally, most Americans think that habitual drug use should be treated as an addiction problem rather than a criminal offense. Most Americans view marijuana in particular as safer than alcohol. And they give all these percentages. I'm not going to bore you with all the numbers. There continues to be wide support for allowing doctors to prescribe small amounts of marijuana for patients suffering from serious illness. And the percentage of Americans who say they have personally tried marijuana has risen over the past 20 years. Now half of Americans say they have tried it, similar to a year ago, though up significantly since 1997. It's up like 40% since 1997, people who will now admit it. Nobody's smoking more weed now than they were in 1997. It's just finally now okay to say it out loud. So I look forward to talking to um, the executive director of the Tennessee Coalition, uh, Cannabis Coalition, to get a little bit more insight into that. But just real quick, the term 420 was first associated with marijuana use in 1971. Now, I didn't know this. It was a time of day when a group of California high school students who called themselves the Waldos decided to meet to hunt for a rumored abandoned stash of cannabis. The students would meet at 420, near a statue of Louis Pasteur on the grounds of San Rafael High School to go search for the crop. If one of the Waldos called for a 420 Lewis, it meant that everyone has to meet at the statue to search for the marijuana. So I was like, who is Louis Pasteur? Well, he's a 19th century inventor who invented pasteurization to keep wine and beer from souring and going bad initially and then later towards, uh, towards, towards packaged food. Eventually, 420 Lewis became just 420, 
And that number was recognized not as a call to hunt for abandoned cannabis, but as a code word for smoking pot. And the Grateful Dead ran with it, did some stuff with it in the 1970s, and then it became more of a, an underground kind of thing in the festival scene. And then, you know, now everybody pretty much understands what 420 means. A lot of people think it's a, a police code for someone smoking pot. That's not true. Or anniversary deaths of Bob Marley or Jimi Hendrix. That's not true either. Fake news. Fake news. Coming up on the Weekly Dose, which is every Wednesday, first thing when you wake up, a about 30-minute-ish download uh, of my weekly thoughts, just kind of my my thoughts on the passing parade. Coming up this week on the 426, April 26th edition of the Weekly Dose, millennials differ from generations in almost every regard. And here's the data. I'm going to get to that uh, on Wednesday. So when I saw that it was uh, also Record Store Day and Earth Day, I was like, man, this is a cool, this is a cool celebration of a bunch of cool stuff. Taking care of the environment, vinyl records, and celebration of, of, of smoking pot and going to music festivals. I mean, this is a great day to be down on a gorgeous day in Atlanta like I am. Brian Stone, the Stone On Air podcast. So shifting gears to Earth Day. Coming up soon on a podcast, I'm going to do a list of things that I told you were cool before you realized they were cool. There's only a handful of them, Jason Isabel being one of them. But recycling is a cool thing to do. It didn't always get looked at that way it was laughed at for years now i'm not going to take all the credit my dad was a huge advocate for recycling very early on and basically made me do it and then after a while i became very interested in knowing more about recycling period not just aluminum cans and plastic and paper uh reuse all the way around and started to realize that there is a major industry into this and 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 a lot of times people think about you when you're young what do you want to do with your life and 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 i'm not an entrepreneur from a traditional standpoint, I don't, I don't love the idea of starting a business just for the sake of starting a business. Like, let's uh, open a lawnmower company. What? Why the hell would I want to do that? What kind of satisfaction would I get out of that? Hey, let's invest in a restaurant. What? Why? That doesn't sound like any fun. Or, hey, let's open, let's, let's do, open a gutter service. What? What, do I want to hang gutters for the rest of my life? You know, that sounds terrible. But the one industry that I did look into and thought that sounds like that would be a fulfilling career is in the recycling business from scrap metal to just your traditional recycling of cans bottles paper but but reuse and recycling period this big business and there's a lot of money to be made out there at least there used to be it's one of those saturated market kind of things by now but one thing I, I i've always wondered and i've been wanting to get with people in the city of east ridge where we have curbside recycling all it takes is one asshole to screw up a whole bin of recycling And this story is, recycling is in trouble and you may be part of the problem. This is from uh, Maryland at a recycle center. All day, every day, there are plastic shopping bags. Those are not recyclable. They are at a grocery store or at specific places, but not from household recycling. There's styrofoam, diapers, syringes, food-contaminated containers, a nearly endless litany of things that residents throw in their curbside recycling carts, figuring they ought to be recyclable. And I see that all the time. I see the bins in East Bridge, and I see plastic bags, and I see things I know aren't recyclable. And I know you're mixing that with my recyclables. And what you've done, if you've taken, if you take a, a can of recyclable materials that are done properly, and you dump a can, a, a bunch of not properly done recycling, you've just created a big bin of garbage. There's a lot of people out there that don't know what they're doing, and it's ruining recycling, and it's costing more and more money to have the amount of manpower it takes to separate this stuff. It's just, it's, it's, it's really irritating. Something so simple is so difficult. So just keep that in mind. When you are recycling, do it correctly. And I'm not going to spend this whole time trying to explain to you how to do it. 
Google it up. It ain't hard to do. Just look into it. Be careful. Because if, if, when you dump a bunch of crap in your recycle bin that gets mixed in with the crap that, I, that I done, I've done correctly, well, now we just have a big bin of garbage, and you've wasted your time, and more importantly, you've wasted mine. On this April 22nd, the Stone On Air podcast, it is Earth Day, Record Store Day, and for 20 weekends, some Earth Day fun facts. Founded by Senator Gaylord Nelson, April 22nd, 1970, so today is the actual date, the 22nd, for the uh, official day that it was founded. More than 100 billion pieces of junk mail are delivered in the United States each year, and you can recycle every damn bit of that. The U.S. buried or burned more than 166 million tons of resources, paper, plastic metals, glass, and organic materials, in landfills and incinerators last year. It only takes about six weeks total to manufacture, fill, sell, recycle, and then remanufacture an aluminum can. Six weeks to manufacture, fill it, sell it, recycle it, and then remanufacture it again. On top of the fact that scrap metal is at an all-time high, Every time you throw away something that has metal on it, you are not literally, but damn as close as you can, literally throwing money in the garbage can. Shouldn't do that. It's not good to throw away things that have value. Every year in the U.S., nearly 200 billion beverage containers are sold, two-thirds of which are landfill, incinerated, or littered. Recycling, reuse, and remanufacturing account for 3.1 million jobs in the United States of America. I'm surprised it's not more than that. All right, so I got to get out of here in just a minute and um, get ready to uh, talk to Cecily Shemin. Again, I hope I'm, I'm getting that right. I know I'm not, but call her in just a minute. She's with the Tennessee Cannabis Coalition. But I've heard a lot of people who own record stores. More and more, I'm finding out that people don't necessarily like record store day, the, the small mom and pop record stores. They really don't. And here's a portion of, of, of maybe why. This is a story, uh, an opinion piece from um, some dude in the UK. I don't even see the website there, but it says the independent record shop has had a well-documented decline, fitting into the context of the overall decline in retail. But it's the culture that has been missed a little more than some of the other retail establishments. There is no antique shop day or used electrical item shop day. The original question in the face of record store extinction was, what should we do and why should we do it? The answer was, well, how about we lay on a massive promotional exercise to get people to visit their local record shop one day of the year? It will be a reminder of what they have missed and what they should get back into. How about we persuade some nice labels and distributors to push out some groovy and cool records for this day to bring people into the shops? This is a really, really long piece, so I'm just going to summarize where he goes with this. What has ended up happening with this is what happens with everything. It is turned into an Amazon thing. It's turned into an online purchasing thing and the way that these shop owners have to purchase they have to buy in bulk and a lot of people don't have the money it takes to buy this stuff in bulk and so now people are just record store day and on amazon or on ebay and that's the one main gist of it. it goes on to say here the whole event has become a record label promotion opportunity and nothing else record shops are merely the vehicle for a quiet time of the year marketing binge from my point of view, as a record shop owner, Record Store Day is damage, damaging us in the following ways. And a whole bunch of them here. Shops buy Record Store Day stock on a cash upfront basis. There's no possibility of return. What you buy, you have to keep. Who's taking the risk here? The labels or the record shops? The risk is not fairly distributed amongst the players. Obviously, Amazon can just sit on them there for the rent in eBay and all these others until they're gone. And Record Store Day can too. But it's just, it's not an effect, it's not an effective way of doing things on a cash strap small business. 
and then it just leads to disappointment. Perpetual disappointment. Shops will not have the multiple copies of every release as a result, because all these Record Store Day releases are limited editions. As a result, a significant number of customers get disappointed and disillusioned. Great. A promotional event for record shops that leaves the customer base feeling disappointed and disillusioned. Well, that's just perfect. I've heard that before from people like Chad at Chad's Records and, and a guy who owned another one. I can't remember his name uh, over the North Shore. Sorry, I'm blanking right now. Nice idea, but I don't know that it's actually serving the purpose that it was meant originally meant to. I like vinyl. You know, I, I buy one every year or so, maybe. And it's not necessarily a record store day, but... They, you know, people talk about the sales being so far up. Well, they're so far up because they were so far down for so long. It's a novelty item. It's cool. I'll pick up one of my favorite band, but that's about it. So, I, 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 I hear you. I feel you. I'm not sure what the answer is, but um, it's still fun to celebrate from a consumer standpoint and something to just at least talk about and, and feel good about, but it might, not, it might not be actually serving its purpose. This is the Stone on Air podcast recorded live to tape at... 420 Music Fest here in downtown Atlanta at Centennial Park. Coming up next, I'll talk to the executive director of the Tennessee Cannabis Coalition and then put the wraps on the show. And then I'm off to see some music for the next couple of days. This is And It Stoned Me for Widespread Panic, headlining tonight and the Sunday the 23rd show, which you can watch on Euphoric TV through their YouTube channel. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, and the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. This is the Stone on Air podcast. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Hands down, dopest dope I've ever smoked. Okay. Smell it. What's it called? Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Yes, it's this thing like El Nino, this airflow that comes from Hawaii and Canada, and it gets the dirt, mixes it in with the weed in a very special way. It's actually very scientific. I won't go into it right now, but I am the only guy in the whole city that has it. Only 10 bones more for a quart. Okay. Welcome back to the Stone on Air podcast, recording live to tape at the Sweetwater 420 Festival in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Staring at the boob tube, turning up the big knob, trying to find some life in this wasteland. Find a, find a Stepping wolves, don't step on the grass, Sam. Done by Government Mule. That clip from Pineapple Express. I've actually, I've seen that movie, but I was so stoned. I cannot remember it. I mean, bomb stone. And I don't remember one bit of it. Talk to the executive director of the Tennessee Cannabis Coalition here in minutes. Seconds. Social media. I'll be tweeting and Instagram and Snapchat and a little Facebook as well. Appreciate you finding the show. 
put the wraps on it here pretty quickly. Uh, on the line with me right now is the founder, the executive director of Tennessee Cannabis Coalition uh, via Nashville, via phone here on the Stone on Air podcast. And uh, Cicely, I've been butchering your name all day long. Can you give me your full name, please? It's, it's Cicely Friday Shamin. And uh, you are the executive director and founder of the Tennessee Can- Cannabis Coalition. M- maybe more on that in a minute. Just a little bit about yourself. I don't know much more than that. Uh, well, I mean, I've um, I'm uh, uh, I've lived in Nashville for most of my adult life. I've been doing cannabis advocacy for the past five. So, um, and I, I founded the organization about a year and a half ago to kind of address some of the issues in Tennessee uh, regarding advocacy and education specific to cannabis. Um, we, we've got a lot of advocacy organizations in the state of Tennessee. You know, for a long time, they were all kind of doing their own thing. And, and the intent behind the organization was con- was to try to get uh, advocacy organizations throughout the state to coordinate on campaigns uh, specific to moving cannabis legislation forward in the state and at the federal level. Um, uh, this might be a little bit of a personal question, but um, I... Uh I'm all for the legalization of gambling, all for uh, sports books and any, any kind of way of gambling. I have no problem with that being legal, but I don't, for one second, have never di- bet a dime in my life, whenever will. Is, is this something you feel strongly about because of just personal views or just from a more um, political view? Um, well, I, I, I actually have a condition that, um, uh, according to research, has been linked to an endocannabinoid deficiency. I literally do not have enough endogenous cannabinoids in my body. Um, and so I've, I've, I've suffered, uh, you know, for years dealing with uh, trying to deal with it from a traditional Western uh, medical perspective, you know, dealing with it with pharmaceuticals uh, to no avail. Um, and I found that cannabis worked. And um, I started uh, several years ago, I started lobbying. Um, uh, I went to the first lobby day on the Hill for uh, uh, cannabis legislation in Tennessee. And I lobbied with, uh, I walked the halls and met with legislators with a woman by the name of Gail Grower, who had a granddaughter with, uh, that had intractable seizures. And as you know, uh, cannabis, uh, specifically high CBD uh, cannabis, CBD is a cannabinoid in cannabis, uh, has been shown to be incredibly helpful for people with seizure disorders. Um, and so we, we, we pushed for CBD only that first year that I lobbied. Uh, and between that first and second se- uh, legislative session, um, uh, Gail Grower, her granddaughter Chloe, died um, from her seizure disorder. And, and I just felt like that was just completely unacceptable because we knew that if she was in a couple states away, uh, if she was in a legal state, that she'd still be alive and she'd be thriving today. And, and that's what we're finding with, with uh, cannabis being used as a medication is that in states where it's legal, people are able to get off a significant number, if not all, of the pharmaceuticals they're on, and they're able to switch to cannabis for numerous conditions, particularly with these seizure disorders. Um, when, when you have these seizure disorders, uh, they, they use a, a number of drugs, uh, heavy narcotics, benzodiazepines, um, set, you know, sedatives, and, sure. and these basically render people uh, just unable to function. Um, and, and, and especially for children, developmentally, 
it's it's incredibly disabling for children with seizure disorders to be on all these pharmaceuticals and what we're finding is they're able to get off most if not all of those pharmaceuticals and they're able to develop they're able to get through these developmental uh, milestones normally and and they're able to function uh as opposed to being on all these dangerous and toxic pharmaceuticals sure um we're, we're finding the same thing with vets. Uh, you know, a lot of vets are coming back uh, to the states with PTSD, and they literally have come up with a name uh, for what the VA gives them when they come back. It's called the comeback cocktail. And, and some of these vets are on 10, 20, 30 different medications a day, and they're not able to function. Um, and it's not dealing with the, 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 the root problems that, the, that they're having, and it's in and so a lot of these vets that are moving to legal states, uh, you know, and, and getting on cannabis, they're, they're, they're the same thing is happening. They're able to get off most, if not all, the pharmaceuticals. They're able to live a productive, uh, functional life as opposed to the one that, that, you know, they're left with with all the drugs that the VA is giving Tennessee Cannabis Coalition, uh, at ten, Tennessee Can Coalition on Facebook, do you guys focus majority on the medical aspect, or is it a recreational slash de decriminalization? Um, do, you do, do you dabble in all of it? Or? We, we, we spend, our primary focus is to educate lawmakers and the public about the public safety and health uh, data specific to cannabis. Now, as far as we're concerned, all cannabis use is medicinal. We all have an endocannabinoid system. We are all hardwired for cannabis. We make our own endogenous cannabinoids. So, you know, this plant is, is, is you know, a, a critical part of our wellness, and you know, by and large. And so it's a, it should be our natural right to access this plant. So as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, you know, there are a lot of arguments about medical versus recreational. And, and you know, we, we hear legislators argue that, oh, well, medical is just a slippery slope yeah. to try to get it recreational. But yeah. when you look at the history of prohibition and, and when you start doing your homework about this, there simply was never a justification for these laws in the first place. So... Uh, you know, as far as that goes, there's really not there's really not a difference because any kind of cat cannabis use, um, you know, can provide a certain level of wellness for people that that they aren't going to find with anything else. Well, this is outside of the state of Tennessee, clearly, but there's now upwards of I don't know what seven states with recreational. Um, mm -hmm. legalization. Can you tell me a little bit about the federal laws that I only know very little bit about that is that is prohibiting these now legal state legal businesses from being able to take out a loan, for instance, from a bank because of uh, some kind of federal laws? I didn't know anything about it until I went out to Denver and started talking mm -hmm. to some of these people. And I, and the way they're set up now, it's almost more dangerous than actual drug dealing under you know on the streets. Can you talk to that a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, because of uh, the disconnect between state and federal law on this issue, um, these cannabis businesses are having to operate on, in cash only, which provides a significant security risk for these businesses. Um, you know, the FDIC is federally regulated, so anytime you're dealing with a bank, that, that you know, is a factor. So one of the things that's happening right now at the federal level is uh, just this year, there was a cannabis caucus formed by several senators 
uh, at the federal level. And they're working on, there is legislation that they have introduced to try to rectify and resolve some of these issues between the state and the federal level with regards to banking and cannabis businesses. Because, yeah, that's a major, major factor for anybody that's operating a cannabis business in a legal state. Um, so so they're, they're, they're trying to move forward on this. But unfortunately, um, a lot of the momentum that was gained during the Obama administration has uh, been curtailed as a, as, a, as a result of the Trump administration coming into power and them appointing a very uh, staunch prohibitionists such as Jeff Sessions to be the attorney general. Yeah, from um, this is a man Yeah, this is a man that is incredibly anti-cannabis. He once said that he was okay with the KK until he found out that they smoked pot. So, uh, you know, not only is there some deep-rooted racism there, there's also uh, some some really profound ignorance when it comes to this plant, um, when it comes to Jeff Sessions. So, it's going to be a really hard road in terms of, uh, you know, trying to get um, progress on this issue uh, right now as the as the uh, the current system exists at the federal level. Uh, we do have we do have legislators that are getting on board and they're waking up and, and getting educated to, uh, you know, the public health and public safety data specifically cannabis because we're getting a lot of positive data coming out of legal states. Um, but it's gonna, you know, with with the exi existing administration, it's gonna be difficult to get a lot of progress made on this issue. So the states are gonna have to lead on it. They're gonna have to continue to lead on it. Cecily is the Tennessee Cannabis Coalition Executive Director and Founder. I'll let you get back to your day. It's Earth Day, it's uh, Record Store Day, it's a fun weekend all the way around. I appreciate your time. One thing I just, I was reading from this article from USA Today earlier about the headline was what happens if you smoke marijuana every day and then it goes <laughs> on and on about and i mean the advocates generally aren't for smoking marijuana every single day but one of the um one of the quotes here from one of the just kind of paraphrase uh, experts are likely to tell you that it's too early to define marijuana's effect and, and its effectiveness on, in the in a medical um capacity you clearly don't believe that there's that that's true and i don't we've either. yeah we've had medical cannabis in the united states for 20 years now. I mean, you got to realize that that California started their medical cannabis program in the early 90s. So we know that, you know, as far as long-term consequences, we, we just don't see the kind of negative consequences with cannabis that we do with, with pharmaceuticals. And, and by and large, it's significantly safer than most of the pharmaceuticals, most of the over-counter drugs that you can get at a grocery yep. store. Um, so, you know that really that, that really doesn't hold water we've got there's, there's tens of thousands of, of peer-reviewed research studies on cannabis um, and you don't have that kind of uh, wealth of, of research on any any pharmaceutical drug in the United States so that that you know that that is that that's simply not true now 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 having said that there's still a lot more research that needs to be done but the problem is is that it, because Funding. of the well, the structure, the way in which you, you have to go through the DEA and FDA um, and, and several bureaucratic institutions in order to get research approved at the federal level, it's incredibly difficult to research cannabis in the United States. So we're relying on a lot of data from countries like Israel and, and countries in Europe that are actually taking the time and, and, and they don't have all the roadblocks that we do to, to researching this plant.
Cecily, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you working with me on the fly as I just put this idea together yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So, well, ha happy Earth Day. <laughs> you too, and, uh, and, and I'm on your side, and uh, we'll maybe talk again in the future. That sounds great. Take care. And so there you have it. There's a show, the Stone On Air podcast live at Sweetwater 420, right steps away from the secondary stage. And this is a really rigged up thing, and this was a lot of work, and I can't wait to put all this away and then be done with this and hang out at the festival for the rest of the weekend. So if you're catching this before the fest is over, the social media, I'll be all over the place, and you can watch the shows, the headliners, on Euphoric TV on their YouTube channel. Google it out. You'll find it in no time. We'll do the Weekly Dose coming up again on Wednesday. As always, first thing when you wake up on your way out the door, the Weekly Dose is available. It's a 30-minute 30, 31 minute commentary uh, each and every week. And I appreciate you guys finding the show. It's this simple legalized marijuana. Come on. It's just time. It's time. Now, I know it's not going to happen soon. It will happen eventually, but if fine, okay, not recreational, cool, whatever. Legalize the damn stuff medically. Help people out. People are suffering. People need treatment. And this is a legit treatment for lots and lots of illnesses and, and, and conditions that people you know and love guaranteed are living with and this could help alleviate that so just think about that for a few minutes i'm done appreciate you finding these anybody asked what happened to that cat where did he go just tell them i am gone see you bye you can get killed with somebody else that's some serious shit. Be lucky you my boy.